God bless you so richly. Thank you all so, so, so much for coming tonight. And I thank God for the presence of God that is in this place. It's always a great blessing coming in to experience the good things that God is able to do in the lives of his people. The Bible says that from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, his name shall be praised. And all over the world, the Bible says that his spirit is moving. When we read the word of God, one of the prophets said that all over the world, his spirit is moving as the waters cover the sea, so his glory shall cover the land and cover all human beings and count everybody to recognize that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And I thank God so much for being here tonight. I want to express my deepest appreciation to Senior Pastor Angie and then our own brother Tim. Oh, I thought you were going to put your hands together. <laughs> Glory to God. We thank God for the entire leadership of Freedom Ministries. You're doing an amazing work in this area. Freedom One. Oh, okay, just a little bit. You know, so Freedom One, Freedom Two, Freedom Three. Maybe by next year you'll be getting to about Freedom 49 or 50. <laughs> and the wonderful members of the ministry, I thank you all for the certain hospitality. And there are many of us that we have met coming from Chicago. You always hear of the Southern hospitality, and I'm so glad to come here and recognize that you can experience the Southern hospitality in Crossed, Arkansas, in Freedom Ministries. I bring you heartiest greetings from my wife, Pastor Cynthia, my family, and the entire Oasis family. We deeply honor and we deeply appreciate you. I stand for one thing, and my thing is that there should be an outpouring of the Spirit of God. Bible says something that those who take ships and go to the innermost part of the sea for deep sea fishing, they see the wonders of God in the deep. You know, those who decide that they are not going to do superficial fishing, but they are going to go into the deepest portion of the sea, they see the greatness of God and they see the wonders of God in the deep. All over the world, I know that many people, Christianity has become a religion, but what I'm trusting and believing God that after tonight and many of the nights to come, I thank God so much for all the amazing things that God is doing. I've always believed that you must have an encounter. This gospel is not about what you learn or it's not about somebody trying to explain it to you. You must have a personal encounter with Almighty God. In the word of God in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the apostle was talking about the encounters that individuals had with the Spirit of God, he thought about when God raised, uh, raised up Jesus Christ from the dead, he said he met Peter, and he met James, and he met the brethren of the Lord. He met 500 people at one time. So he was telling everybody else's story. Then at a certain point, he said, wait a minute, I will tell my own story too. On my way to Damascus, I also met him. So that after we have spoken about everybody's story, we should be able to tell our own story about who this Lord is and who this God is to us and how we are determined to do whatever he has committed unto our trust to the glory of his holy name. I'm so glad meeting all the men tonight. It's very good sometimes to have the XY chromosome. Amen. You know, the place filled with a um, lot of testosterone. What a word is this? You know, and we've been able to really listen to the word of God, come together and get empowered by God and move on from here to become brands which have been plugged out of the fire in order to set up other fire elsewhere to the glory of God. Tonight, I want to give a disclaimer before I share the word of God. 
Allow me to be a preacher tonight and a teacher of God's word. I'm not a politician, and I don't want to be politically correct. Amen. Everything is the Bible. Nothing short of the truth and what God has committed unto our trust. I want to share certain things with us, and I'm just believing God that our hearts will connect, and God will empower us for the work that is committed unto our trust. Let me say some few facts, but before I do that, let's bow down heads for a short time of prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, bless your name. Your word declares, mighty God, that our fellowship is with the Father, and it's with the Son, and it's with ourselves. You said in your word that where two or three of your children gather in your name, if we look intently, there you are in our midst, mighty God. Father, it is about an encounter, and it is about a manifestation of your spirit. Your word declares, mighty God, that the Holy Spirit will take the things that belong to the Father and the Son, and mighty God, he will show them unto us. Oh, tonight, I pray, may there be a recovery of sight to the blind, and may we get to understand who you are and what you have planned concerning our lives, especially as men in Freedom Ministries in Crossed Arkansas, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Tie these lips of clay, mighty God. Let your word go forth. Divide the spirit and the soul, mighty God, the bones and the marrow, and let it be of the intents of the hearts of your people, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I bless your name, mighty God, in Jesus' name, and every saint of God will say a big amen. Oh, I said amen. Oh, I just said amen. Oh, hallelujah. So let me say some few facts before we move on. And I'm believing God that we shall be blessed tonight. In the wisdom of God, when he created this earth, he made two distinct genders in the beginning with two different characteristics. He created us male and a female in the great wisdom of Almighty God. If you look at it as a physician, I understand it very clearly. The two genders are totally different. Not, um, we have different anatomies, different physiologies, the hormonal levels different. We have some things that we share in common. And tonight, once again, I'm going to be a preacher, not a politician. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. You know, so the anatomy, the physiology, the, um, 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 so many other aspects of us are quite and not the same in the wisdom of Almighty God. The shopping habits are different. The, the thought processes are different. Our interests in sports are different. You know, I'm looking at sports, and my wife is so much enthused about figure skating, and I'm wondering, what is about figure skating and gymnastics? Wanted to watch some Chicago Bulls um, basketball or some Chicago Bears. They are not winning anymore, but God is on our side. Amen. <laughs> you know, the, the, um, the Western stars and even the functions are different. After many centuries of civilization, I believe that we bought a lie. We bought a lie that God was not right after all. And the two genders are really the same. And as a result of that, we must destroy any institution that makes them different to the detriment of society. We decided to be politically correct. We decided to say that, oh, the two are the same. There is no difference. Yes, there are certain things that we share in common, but it's very clear. You don't need a rocket scientist. You don't need a neuroscientist to tell you that the two genders are different. Created in the wisdom of God, for a purpose to be established and for something to be done upon the face of this earth. We know the genders are not the same. You look at the Olympic records, the 100 meter record is about 9.56 for men, it is about 10 point something for women. 
You look at the high jump, you look at everything else, the marathon, they are different genders created in the wisdom of Almighty God for a purpose upon the face of this earth. The experiences are different. And there are many times where women ministries gather, and many women gather together. They gather for fellowship, they gather for love. It's very tough. I don't know about here, but it's very tough to gather men. You know, they come together once in a while. We gather around purpose. We don't gather for picture taking and other things. We gather because there is an assignment that we need to accomplish upon the face of this earth. We gather because we recognize that God has made us and imbued us with certain things in order to fulfill his agenda upon the face of this earth. I'm here tonight to say that not the genders be themselves in several aspects, let us acknowledge our shared destiny in God. Let us accept and start appreciating our uniqueness as well as our harmony. And I believe that in the process, we shall be able to put many of the aspects out of business. Many of the aspects that sit on CNN and SB, um, CCN and uh, Fox and everybody are, let us become the people that God has called us to be and let us raise up an anthem and glorify the name of the Most High God. Amen. So tonight, once again, I don't want to be politically correct. I want to go according to the word of God. I want to give another disclaimer that I have been raised by women. You know, women are some of the um, actually, if you ask me who my heroes or heroines are, I won't blink an eye. I will mention um, my mom. I'll give you a little bit of my background. Uh, my, my dad passed away when I was about six months old. So I grew up not knowing my dad at all because I was about six months old when um, um, she, um, he passed away. At the age of 11, I was in high school and my mom also passed away. You know, so I grew up as an orphan. And I grew up staying with uh, my uncles. We were about nine in number. And um, we grew up, you know, with uncles and so many other people. At a certain point, my senior sister, who is about six years older than me, stepped to the plate to raise us up. And as a result of that, if you ask me, greatest people in my life, the two people I know, my mom and then my sister, I didn't know my dad. My uncles, I didn't have great connections with them. You know, I thank God for what they did. But growing up, I recognized that although women play so much significant um, 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 aspect of my life, I recognized that the Word of God talks clearly about certain things that we must be able to do as men and as fathers and certain things that he has committed unto our trust. And this is what I want to share with us all. We'll find time to have some discussion. We'll find time to pray. And I'm believing that tonight a man will rise up get his back straight, and let everybody else's back be stiffened to the glory of Almighty God. Amen. I want us to return to the due order or God's own divine order. Let me share certain things with you. If you look at any human being, I believe that it has been shared here on several occasions, human beings are tripartite. We are tripartite because, unlike animals, we are spirits, we live in bodies, and we have souls. You know, a man and a woman, we are spirit beings. Bible says that when the spirit goes out of a man, the person ceases to live. When you go to the funeral homes right now, you'll find a lot of bodies there. Their brains are dead. Their bodies are dead. But something has left them. That is the spirit that was created and has gone back to Almighty God. So we are not just body and mind. We are spirit. We live in bodies 
and we have souls. The word of God says in the book of Job that you have clothed me. Job was speaking in Job chapter 11. He said, you have clothed me with, with skin and flesh. You know, so the, the, the skin you see is skin and flesh. He told that you have clothed me with skin and flesh and you have fenced me in with bones and with sinews. Meaning that what you see outside, the person you are seeing right now, you know, my cheeks and everything else, it's a cloth around me. That is not me. You know, it's like I'm wearing maybe a gray um, um, jacket, and you cannot say, oh, Mr. Gray Jacket. If you say gray jacket, I'm not going to turn because I'm not a gray jacket. I'm a person, you know, who is wearing a gray jacket. So um, Job says something. He said, you have, you, have, you have clothed me with skin and flesh, and you have fenced me in with bones and with sinews. Meaning that your real you is your spirit. That has been created after the image of God. Your real you is the one who is created in the God class of beings. There was something inside you that gets connected. Animals, uh, souls, and, uh, and bodies, they don't have spirits. You know, we have been created. Bible said that let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness. So human beings, we are spirits, we live in bodies, and we have souls. I'm a, I'm a spirit, I live in a body. And, uh, and I have a soul. The soul, the body we all know. This is what you see. You know, the cravings of the body, all the various things, the five senses. And then we have the soul. The soul is that aspect. The soul and the spirit are not the same. Because the Bible says that the word of God is quick and it is powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword and pierces to the dividing asunder of the soul and of the spirit. If the two were the same, it couldn't have been divided. In the book of um, 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 is it Ephesians, it says that the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. May your spirit, your soul, and your flesh be, be, be preserved blameless. Meaning that the two of them are not the same. The soul and the, and the spirit are not the same. So the soul is that aspect of you that really takes care of your mind, of your emotions, of your willpower, and of everything that is related to the mental realm. So you are a spirit, you live in a body, you have a soul. You, you are a spirit, you live in a body, and you have a soul. And let me tell you some things that are prevailed since the foundation of this earth. We recognize that the three aspects of man, that is the body, the spirit, and the soul, have had their own different times that they have had ascendancy upon the face of this earth. In the beginning, when God created man, the spirit was in charge. God came in the cool of the day, and God communicated with man. Oh, what a beautiful time. When God and man, naming the animals, when they were having fellowship, when marriage was instituted, when man looked at the woman and said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. So many wonderful things going on. Unfortunately, man sinned, and man was separated from God. And at that time, something happened. What happened was that the body of man or the physical realm started dominating. And the physical realm started dominating to the detriment of the, of the soul and of the spirit because the spirit died. And then the physical realm started dominating. This is the era. I call it the era of the brawn. The era of just physical brute strength. This was the era of uh, the law of the jungle, the strongest lives. And this is where man prevailed for a very long time. So as men, 
You know, everything was about because generally we are stronger, we are muscular, you know, generally we, 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 we are bigger, we are taller, we are stronger than the women. So men, you know, because in those days you didn't need a mind match. You know, so all we needed to do was, if you are strong, you dominated the other person. And as a result of that, men dominated for a very long time. You know, women have been pushed to the background. People have come out with so many erroneous scriptures that a man is the head of the woman. There's nowhere in the Bible. The Bible says the man is the head of the woman. Nowhere in the Bible. The Bible says that the husband, you know, it was in the institution of marriage that he put in an order. And he said that the husband is the head of the house. He never said that every man is the head of every woman. You can't go out there and start bossing every woman around. God never said that. Actually, in the beginning, he created them the same on the sixth day. Bible said, let us create man in our own image. That man there, he was talking about mankind. He wasn't talking about XY chromosome, as you see me. You know, he was talking about mankind. And Bible says that so he created them, male and female, he created them on the same day. He formed their bodies on different days. You know, the body of the man was formed first. And Bible says that if you read the Hebrew translation, it was called Ish. You know, so it was not the Adam, it was Ish, meaning the male, chromosome, male extra chromosome as we see ourselves. Then afterwards, he teased the woman out of the man. And Bible says that he built the woman, and Bible says that that woman was called Isha. You know, so that is the two genders. So the man is not necessarily, God had an agenda. God, in his wisdom, decided that the genders were going to be created differently. Unfortunately, many of men have used this thing to say that, yeah, God said I'm the head of every woman. That is not true. You can't come to my house and tell my wife that you are the head of my wife. Oh, hello. Oh, somebody understand what I'm talking about? Oh, 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 hallelujah. You know, my boss at work, the chief medical officer at my, is a woman. I can't go to work on Monday and say that, hey, Bible says that I'm your head, so I'm going to take charge. I will be fired. Am I making myself clear? Oh, somebody please talk to me. Hallelujah. You know, but when it comes to the marriage, you know, God in his wisdom puts in an order. I didn't put in that order. You know, like everything else, God said that the man shall be the head and then, um, and then gives various rules. So I always tell women that, hey, if you don't want anybody to be your head, don't marry. You know, you can be like Condoleezza Rice. Oh, hallelujah. You know, you'll be very successful or be like Oprah Winfrey. You know, be very successful. Nobody, you don't answer to anybody else. That's understandable. But the moment you get into marriage, if that marriage is going to work, you have to follow the pattern of Almighty God. Hello. Oh, please, somebody talk to me. Hallelujah. So I thank God for Pastor Tim and Pastor Angie. You know, when they come to church, Pastor Angie is the pastor. When they get home, the roles reverse. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And the roles must reverse when you get home. You know, because when you get home, you know, God in his wisdom. You know, once again, my heroes are all women. Actually, when you say anything about women, the skin on the back, the, 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 the hair starts rising up. I start getting prepared for fight and for flight, you know, because of the deep respect, you know, because I was raised. If you wake me up from sleep, ask me, who is your hero? Without question, my mom. 
uh, without question. You know, she died at the age of 40. What she had accomplished at the age of 40. You know, my brother is a doctor. I'm a doctor. My brother is a banker. So many other people. Collectively, we haven't been able to do what she did at, the, at, at that age. And sometimes, my brother and I, we are all doctors in Chicago. We sit down, we are wondering, how did this woman do this? You know, at that age. And we have passed her age, and we are still not putting things together. So this is not about, about respect for females and respect for males. My deep respect. You know, but we have to come to the order you know, of Almighty God. So when Pastor Tim goes home, you know, the order of God is that at home, the husband is the head of the household. Am I making myself clear? Yes. When we come to church, the roles reverse. Hallelujah. There was one man of God. Um, um, the woman of God was a prophetess. I think um, Bobby Jim Mack, maybe, maybe many of you know. So Bobby Jim Mack was the prophetess everybody knows all over the world. The husband was a member of the church. And then the son was the pastor of the church. So it was very interesting. So whenever they came to church, the son was in, was, 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 was in charge. In charge doesn't mean that you are bossing people around. If you have ever been ahead, uneasy is the head that wears the crown. If you have ever been ahead, when everybody else is sleeping, you are awake. So people have used this whole headship. You are thinking about how things must proceed, how things must be done. And when everybody else is asleep, you make sure, you know, that things are working. Boss does not mean that you are throwing yourself around and hitting your chest and saying, hey, I'm the man. No. You know, it, there's a lot of responsibilities which are associated with it. So Bobby Jim Mack and the family, it's very interesting. When they came to church, that the, 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 the son was the pastor. And the pastor was um, um, the head of the church. The moment church service was over, they went home. The man was um, 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 the head of the household. And whenever they went for any big ministry, the wife, who was a minister, strong minister of God, was in charge. I said, wow, you guys are doing it too well. And then you are doing something that Almighty God has committed to you. Amen. So let me come back to the ages again. And listen to me very well. So what has happened is that there was the age of the brown. There was not much of the mind. You know, and men ruled for a long time. You know, men subjugated because of our brute strength. Then things started changing. Things started changing where many of the things that formerly we used our strength for, now you can use your mind. You know, so the, the soul started having an edge. And, um, 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 and the women improved themselves. You know, so when you go to many of the schools and the rest, the women started improving themselves and recognized that they can use their minds to be able to get certain things done. All of a sudden, the men were stuck in neutral. We haven't moved on, and we started asking ourselves, no, we started getting exasperated. We started getting confused. You know, because now your wife goes to work and brings the paycheck. Hello. Oh, please, somebody. Today we are going to talk. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, maybe it doesn't happen in the sun, but you come to Chicago, the women go to work, they bring in the home, um, 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 her paycheck is much higher than yours. You know, when they come home, the man is still expecting the woman to cook. And the man is still expecting the woman to do. The woman comes, but the woman is tired. Bring him more pay um, um, dollars. You know, that the man, the woman is doing so many other things, and then the men get confused. You know, because it looks like 
we are being emasculated. It looks like we are being effeminized. You know, who are we in a relationship? Look at us. We don't conceive. We don't breastfeed. We don't nurture. The little we can do. The women are taking the other one too. So if you, oh, somebody please talk to me. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> Today, no political correctness. Say, man. You know, because your wife, you know, will go through the, um, a pregnancy bed for nine months. They will deliver. They will breastfeed. You know, by their nature, they nurture the children. And now they are bringing in the paycheck too. And you are a man and you are asking yourself, what is my role here? And what do I do? You know, and many people don't understand. We feel very emasculated. We feel very much uh, effeminized. We feel like, what is our role? Oh, somebody understand what I'm talking about? Uh, please. Oh, somebody please talk to me. You know, the, 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 what is our role? And we are asking ourselves. And we are getting angry. Yeah, I'm the man. You are the man doing what? Doing what at home? Using a remote control? Watching um, 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 Louisiana, um, um, the Razorbacks. Oh, hello. That's the Razorbacks in Arkansas. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. And just downing Budweiser and, 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 and remote control. You know, and I believe that something in men is saying that, no, we have a role to play. We have something that we must do. There is something that God has committed unto our trust. We, the, we, have been, we have been created with, 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 with a certain purpose in our heart and something within us. Either you will get frustrated, either you will get depressed, or tonight we'll find a solution in Almighty God. Hey, I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Uh, you come to church, the women are taking over. You know, they are taking over in, in spirituality. You know, you can't find men who can raise up. Bible says that men ought to pray, lifting up holy hands unto God. You know, you can't find men, you know, with the strength of God and ability, you know, to lay hands upon the sick and let them recover. You know, you have men who are not doing so many different things. Meanwhile, something inside us is telling us that we must be able to stand up for the sake of society and for things to work well to the glory of Almighty God. Is somebody listening to me tonight? Somebody said, if a man stands up, you know, the rest of the family, they, they are back stiffen. There is something about that, despite everything else. Women can have all the money they want to, you know, but there is something about a man that should stand up and bring certain order in every situation. Growing up as a young man, you know, one of my uncles was in the military and uh, he fought in the Second World War. And every night before we went to sleep, you know, afterwards he didn't, he didn't have a lot of money, you know, so came back from the Second World War, didn't have a lot of money, so women were in charge of our house, you know, so women were bringing in the money, everything else, you know, so every night before we went to sleep, you know, he would just lock the doors and then would take his uh, rifle in those days and shoot into the air, you know, just making a statement that you don't mess with this house, you know, and every night all the children were waiting for him to do that. The moment he did that, we all went to sleep. Everybody knew that there was a man in the house. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. He didn't bring in money. He didn't give us anything out. But we needed security. You know, I don't know. If somebody had come in, I, I was wondering what he would have done. <laughs> I don't think. You know, but there was an essence 
You know, when Father comes home, everybody breathes easy. Does somebody understand what I'm talking about? You know, when a man walks into the place, I remember as a young boy, there was one day in which uh, we heard that there were some people who were terrorizing certain people on the route to our house. And, um, and sometimes I think about it. I think I was about 10 years old or something. You know, so there was this man who was terrorizing many of the women, that sort of thing. So one night, we were sitting by um, the downtown area when we were told that, oh, these men were terrorizing certain people. Then one of the young men, he was about 16 years old, he stood up and said that, you know something, he went and took a machete, you know, and said that, folks, we are going to sort this thing out once and for all. You know, this man can continue to terrorize our women and terrorize people over here. You know, so this 16-year-old stood up. I don't know what we're all thinking. We all also stood up, you know, and decided. He said, let's go, and we're all following. You know, nine-year-olds, we didn't have anything else because one man has stood up. Oh, hallelujah. You know, we... As an 11 year old, I didn't know what I was going to do. Maybe I would have been killed. But it didn't occur to me at all. I just recognized that somebody has stood up. And as a result of that, courage came, strength came, ability came. And I was looking forward you know, to making sure that this nonsense will not continue anymore. Actually, we were all falling. When we got there, there was nobody there anyway. But we all came by feeling very good. <laughs> Hallelujah. And this is what I want us to do. There was something created in you. You were made a man for a reason. The age of the brown is almost over. Now, the mental realm is, 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 is not prevailing. We can't catch up. You know, and as a result of that, many of the things that they needed our strength to do, now they don't need your strength to do it anymore. Now they can buy ADT to monitor their house. Oh, hello. They can have alarms. Now they can have somebody they can employ. If you have a lot of money, you can buy your own plane. They don't need you to drive around. So as a result of that, we must find something that God created us for. And we must find something that we must be able to establish in order to become the people we have been called to be and to know that we have a significance. After all, the man was created first before the woman. The man was the one in which the work was given to. Bible says that you put the man in the garden and told him that he should till the land. The woman was made as a, as a helpmeet. And today, no political correctness. But it's all about harmony. It's all about, they have a beautiful function. They have so many things that they do. But today we're saying that there won't be, there won't be identity crisis. We are going to know who we are also. And be able to find that kind, of, that kind of life that will bring glory to the name of Almighty God. Amen. Can we project? The, can, is it possible we can project? If it is possible. Let me read to you a glimpse of the 21st century woman. Proverbs chapter 31 verse 10. Proverbs chapter 31 verse 10. If it is not possible, um, okay. Proverbs chapter 31 verse 10. Interestingly, buried in the pages of the Bible is the, is the 21st century woman. So listen to it. Bible says, many of the times people use this word to talk about husbands, wives. Listen to it. It says, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. They are priceless. And then in verse 11 it says, the heart of a husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. Because of this woman, 
excellent, virtuous woman, the heart of the husband safely trusts in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. Verse 12, let's continue. It says, she will do him good and not evil all the days of your life. Then listen to the characteristics. Verse 13, he said, she seeketh wood. This is a very industrious woman. She is not at home. She is not in the kitchen, like maybe many of us think. This is King Lemuel, way back, you know, talking about way before Christ was born, thousands of years ago, talking about a virtuous woman. I think this woman should be the 21st century woman. She seeks wool, very industrious. She researches. She seeks wool and flax and worked willingly with her hands. Then continue. So she is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. Verse 15, she riseth also, she, she riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household. So she's cooking, making sure that her household is all comfortable, taking care of them, and also seeking wool, and very industrious, and finding something that she's doing with her hand, and a portion to her maidens. So not only does she feed her family, she feeds the other maidens also. Continue. She considers a field, meaning that she thinks. You know, she, 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 she does her, her due diligence. She considers a field and she buys it. She didn't take money from her husband. This is an industrious woman. Hallelujah. So our, you know, God had written it a long time. She considers the field, meaning that she makes good choices. She considers that, no, I will buy it this place. I will buy it in this place. In 20 years' time, it would have maybe um, I've gotten more money for it. She considers a field, and she buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she planted a vineyard. So this is saying that with the profits she makes, she diversifies. She planted a vineyard. Verse 17, Bible said, she gathered her loins with strength, and strengthened her arms. And then she perceived that her merchandise is good. And her candle goeth not out by night. Meaning that night, morning, this woman. I'm wondering how this woman found herself so many years ago. And then continue. Just continue rolling it for me. She laid her hand to the spindle. And her hands hold the distaff. She stretched out her hand to the poor. Very kind. Yes, she reached forth her hands to the needy, reaching out to the... She is not afraid of the snow for her household, like many of us who live here. You know, afraid of the snow, but anyway, the Lord is on our side. <laughs> I have to next year, I'm finding a way we'll bring... We'll, we'll all come to Chicago, and I'll bring the Chicago men here. Amen. <laughs> she is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. You know, the beautiful clothing... She makes her some coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and paper. Dresses. Her husband is known in the gates. So it's not now, it's not the husband who is known. Not the woman. Amen. So when the husband is at the gates where important decisions are taken, you know, people are saying, that, wow, that is, that is Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Taylor's husband. Because of the diligence of this woman. When he seated among the elders of the land, and he continued to talk about so many other things that God has committed. Actually, if you look at this, this is a woman who is excelling in business, excelling in hospitality, excelling in her role as a wife. 
excelling in her role as a mother, excelling. And this is what Kilemuel wrote so many years ago. We are seeing that woman now, and the men are confused. <laughs> The men are going, no, you are going to sit at home. No, 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 no. There are different functions that God has given to us, and they are supposed to be complementary. Men are supposed to rise. And this is my challenge to us all. What must we do? Because in the midst of their bettering themselves, we are also going to find it in the first century man, according to the word of Almighty God. Unfortunately, we have been judged in one area that we are not really cut out for. You know, and that area is nurture. You know, so many people say that, oh, we don't take care of the children. We don't take care. You know, but generally, if you look at the XY chromosome, our nature, you know, the woman is generally built for nurture. You know, because they conceive, they breastfeed. I mean, they, 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 they generally. You know, so if, if, if we are being judged so harshly that, yeah, you are not at home changing diapers. Which is understandable. If you are there, I change that person all the time. It's not something that we should do. You know, but generally, there is something more. That's the reason why the man who is left at home to be changing that person and rest, not feeling emasculated. Am I making myself clear? Uh, somebody please talk to me. Eh? It is not because we don't want to. Somebody said that you know something. Whenever I sat at home and I saw my, 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 um, my wife come back from work, and I'm asking myself, then what should I do? Because generally, we are supposed to be the providers. Generally, we are supposed to be the protectors. Generally, we are supposed to be the guides. Generally, we are supposed to be the ones who should work with the fairer gender to make sure that everything is working well. And this is where I'm believing God that tonight, somebody, our esteem will come up again. And somebody will shall rise up again to become the people that God has called us to be. Amen. Let me read the book of John, chapter 19, and I read from verse 1. Tonight, maybe I'll break it into different segments. You know, I introduce our prototype of a man. I introduce who we are supposed to be. And how things, and I'm trusting God afterwards we shall pray for ourselves. There are certain things we are doing in Chicago. You know, we are um, I'm building some investment class. And then as I was praying this morning and thinking about the men here, I was just thinking that Crosset, we should be able to start getting some of the businesses. You know, in Chicago, we have started um, 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 the men coming together in fraternity, just Christian men saying that we are not going to pay um, 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 mortgages to the banks all the time. Some of us can come together, put our monies together, and be able to earn money so that our children will be blessed too. Did you know the word of God who says that a good man, and I know I have good men here, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children and for his children's children. So you leave an inheritance not only for your children, you leave an inheritance for your grandchildren. For you to be able to live an inheritance for your children and your children's children, you shouldn't have only $10,000 in your bank. Am I making myself clear? Those whose grandchildren come around to say that grandfather left me something, they left certain things which were enduring. That's what a good man does. And I'm believing God that somewhere, somehow, it is not too late. Good men will rise up. We shall consider certain fields. There are certain things. Crosset is our place. We have been born here. We have been raised here. People come from outside. They make 
money out of this place, I'm challenging the men from Freedom Ministries that somewhere, somehow, we should pray, we should start thinking, and we should start acting. And the moment, this year, we started something in my church in Chicago. The Lord put it in my heart. We started something which is called the PTA. We have the PTA meetings. That's not parent-teacher association. It's pray, think, and ask. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. Many other times, Christians, we just pray, 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 pray. We don't think. You know, every time we come and pray again, we come and pray. Bible says that he is able, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask. Number one, pray or think. That's, that's imagine. You know, so he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think or imagine according to the power that worked effectually in us. You'll be amazed. I can show you, you know, when we started this, all of a sudden, people have started having liberty. You know, one young woman sent me an email, just um, 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 a text message, just this afternoon. All of a sudden, stood up, said that, you know something, Pastor, God just made me aware that at a certain point after praying and praying, I should also put my thoughts in the hands of Almighty God. Because God's thoughts are not my thoughts, but we can have a connection with Almighty God. Within about um, 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 three weeks, she had written a book. And she had written a book. I can show it to you. Just this. um, And something has started happening. Something has started happening to to the (laughs) the people of God. And not only that. She has come out very nicely. I have nothing to do with this. And our hope in God is our something, something, something. Within about one week, she had put together a book. When I was coming, she had sent me um, a movie that, I mean, a movie script that she had put together. You know, this is a 23-year-old young woman. You know, and I can give you stories upon stories about things which have started happening. Because people started looking unto God and recognizing that God wants to bless us. And God will prosper us. I believe God will prosper us in Crosset. Amen. Oh, I said amen. As I prayed over Crosset this morning, as I prayed before coming in, I'm challenging the men here. We have an inheritance in this place. We won't wait for Washington. We shall make something work here. Oh, oh, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. We shall also leave an inheritance for our children and our children's children. Amen. You know, God will give us ideas. Hallelujah. After all is said and done, this is what men are supposed to do. Be able to think through things. Be able to build inheritance. Be able to, you know, so that when at the age of 95, 102, you are passing away, your children or your grandchildren are praying that you should quickly pass away because that they can take the inheritance. Am I making myself clear? Oh, hello. When, uh, like I always tell my, my, my children, when you are laid in state, your, your children are crying some crocodile tears. Oh, hello. Oh, grandpa, grandpa, what they are saying is that let's bury him and shed inheritance. Oh, hallelujah. You know, because I have an inheritance for them. We shall also live an inheritance. Hallelujah. Please send to somebody, tell the person that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. Tell the person, I'm a good man. Oh, you don't believe you're a good man? 
tell yourself, tell the person, I'm a good man. And Bible is talking about me. I would live an inheritance in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, we want to see who we are. From the book of John chapter 19 and verse 1, and I will break it down into different sessions, and then we will, from the book of um, 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 John chapter 19 and from verse 1, and as it is being read, sometimes many of us who watch sports, you see the, um, the NBA stars, and then a person makes a three-pointer. What they do is that they hit their chest, and then they shout, I'm the man. You know, or maybe somebody is moving the ball, you are in the red zone, and there is this barely linebacker who stopped the person. You know, just before crossing, when they finish, they are making all sort of, and then they bump their chest together, and then they call themselves, you are the man. You, oh, anybody have seen that, isn't it? I, I'm the man, and, and, and you are the man, and that sort of. So let's listen to the word of God. Where that word actually came from? Bible said, then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers planted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. And he said, Hail, king of the and they said, Hail, king of the Jews. They were mocking Jesus, and they smote him with their hands. This man had gone through so much. He had been beaten. Bible says that his countenance was mad, more than the countenance of any man. He had been beaten, he had been, um, um, he had been scared. They have laid 39 stripes on his back. And this is not the kind of whip that we know. This is the kind of whip where the metal railings get into your flesh. And when they pull the flesh, your flesh is torn apart. Wow. And Jesus was just hung there. And they whipped him not once, not twice, not 20, 39. At a certain point, the man had been beaten. They had crowned him with thorns. Um, and they had spat at him. Early in the morning, Roman soldiers, no brushing teeth. They were just spat, spitting at him. Everything else. And Bible said, the Pilate therefore went forth again and said to him, Behold, I bring him forth to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. So listen to Pilate. Then verse 5. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and purple robe. You know, so here come Jesus. You know, and this was after a whole night. He had been slept. He had been beaten. He had been scared. He had been, he had lost blood. I mean, many people, they would have been in ICU. This was a tough guy. Many people think Jesus was, I mean, no, many people can't survive this. They couldn't survive two seconds of this. I'm talking about soldiers. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about some little you know, the story of um, um, Lilliput and some, some little people. You know, we are talking about soldiers. They beat him. The guy had been buffeted. The guy had been whipped. The guy, everything else. So then comes Jesus in the bloody mess, you know, coming into the praetorium. And Bible says that then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns, blood oozing everywhere. And, and Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was saying hallelujah. Look at it. It is an exclamation mark. It wasn't like mockery. Oh, behold him. Pilate looked at him and said, behold the man. So it is an exclamation mark. It was an emphatic statement. And I tried at a certain point. I wanted to get into the mind of Pilate. What did he see? You know, of this person who walks in, he said, behold 
in, in Chicago, we, we, we spell it D-A, the man. You know, so that's the way we say the bull. You know, so the man. He said, this is the man. So this is Pilate. Let's think about it. This is Pilate, the first gentleman of the land. A soldier and a governor. What did he see in Jesus? That he was saying that, behold, the man. In the Ukraine, he said, this is the man. Hallelujah. Oh, I said, hallelujah. Beloved, look at it. It's an exclamation mark. It means that he was making an emphatic statement. That, wow, look at the man. I mean, after all, this man was, um, was a governor. In his days, if you are talking about a man, they would have talked about the gladiators. Because they are seen gladiators fight to death. They would have talked about the soldiers. They would have talked about individuals, maybe about seven foot. You know, they are the ones who walk in there holding shirts like Hollywood shows us all the time. So this man who has seen all these things, what did he say about Jesus Christ? That he was saying that, behold, the man. I tried to get into Pilate's mind. And um, if you look at Jesus, I don't think Jesus was seven two. And I don't think that Jesus was even six five. Actually, there was, Bible says that when we saw him in, um, in, in Isaiah, there was no beauty, no comeliness that we should desire him. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Actually, it took a kiss for him to be identified, meaning that the people didn't even, could not differentiate him from Peter and other people. So somebody needed to kiss him in order to realize, oh, he's the one. Oh, hello. When Mary Madeline saw him after the resurrection, Mary Madeline mistook him for a gardener. Oh, hello. Meaning that Jesus was like me. And that's all. Oh, hallelujah. Actually, I think that Jesus was my height. Oh, hello. <laughs> you know, Jesus, Mary Madeline looked at him. And Mary Madeline was sweeping and said that Mary Madeline mistook him for the gardener. Or for the laborer. And said that, sir, where did you, if you have taken the body. So listen to Mary Madeline. He said, if you have taken the body. Please show me where you laid him so that I will go and pick him up. Meaning that Mary Madeline, the woman, was saying, I'll go and pick him up myself without even any assistance. So if you look at this, you recognize that Jesus was not the kind of person with the characteristics that we will all say, hey, this is the man. Because if you are talking about the man, we should talk about the gladiators. We should talk about the soldiers. We should talk about... The NBA, they may be about six, seven, and they call themselves the man. You know, but Pilate has seen all these things. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. Pilate has seen men upon men. I'm sure Pilate has seen, Pilate has slaughtered people, you know, by his command. I'm sure Pilate has sat in the Colosseum and seen people fight to death. And he never, he wasn't moved by all these people. He saw one man. Hallelujah. Hey. <laughs> hey, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. He looked at the man. He looked at the torture. He looked at the beating. He looked at everything else. And you look at the man stand up. Oh, hello. And I believe Pontius Pilate exclaimed, Behold, this guy amazes me. This is the man. I believe Pilate saw a man with a steely purpose and vision. Despite the shame, he has set his eyes steadfastly to the end of his calling. 
He saw a man that could not be moved. He saw a man who had been betrayed by his closest friend. And he's saying that it doesn't move me at all. I will still fulfill my purpose. He saw a man. His, he was unbendable by the severest of tortures. I'm wondering. I'm sure when they were whipping him, Jesus stood. You know, and he was talking at this man. I said, this man is not human. There was something about this man. Jesus walked into the praetorium. He was a bloody mess. Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? He looked at him. He said, you said it right. I am. Oh, hello. You couldn't change. You, hey, you couldn't change the man. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I was a hallelujah. You, 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 couldn't, you couldn't. You know, many people are tortured to confess. Many people are tortured to give up. No torture will ever burn this guy. Maybe he was five, six. Maybe he was five, five. But when he stood there, you know, and look at Pilate, and Pilate, and look at what was happening to Pilate. Pilate knew this man was innocent. He couldn't have the guts to say that I'm free him. Pilate knew that whatever was happening, he knew the witnesses were false. He knew the trial was a false trial. He knew everything else. But Pilate was not a man enough to be able to say that, you know something, I will take a ruling here. This man must go free. He couldn't because of peer pressure. He couldn't because of people. He couldn't. And he's looking at Jesus Christ after all the torture saying that, yeah, I'm still the king of the Jews. And I'm still the one who is coming again. And I'm still the one. And if you look at his sacrifices, at a certain point in Gethsemane, you know, when they came to him and um, 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 they, they, they were, um, um, there seemed to be a melee breaking up. Jesus stood up. He said, that, please, let everybody go. You are the one I'm looking for. This is leadership. Am I making myself clear? Yeah. He stood up. He said, that, you know something? Let everybody go and take me. Because it's not about Peter. It's not about James. It's not about Bartholomew. It's not about, 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 about John. You, I'm the one you are looking for. I'm the one you are looking for. Let everybody go and take me. And, 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 and this is a man. Oh, hello. Hey. Oh, hello. This is leadership. You know, after being betrayed, he looked at them and said that, you know something, this doesn't faze me at all. Maybe somebody listening to the sound of my voice tonight. Maybe you have been betrayed. Maybe some people are born false witnesses against you. Somebody says something about you, which wasn't true. At work, at home, or something else. We all broke down. We couldn't trust people anymore. Our barriers were broken. You know, so many of the various sins. Some of us, we haven't even gone through half of the torture. Maybe somebody did something, we're sent to jail. Maybe we were hooked to drugs. Maybe certain things, we were all broken. We can't seem to pull ourselves up again. Listen to this Jesus Christ, bloody mess. He had been betrayed. They have been born false witnesses. Um, um, people have beaten him. He had been crowned with thorns. Um, 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 they are spat at him. Everything are. And Bible says that he stood up. He knew he has a purpose. Amen. Hey, I said Amen. Oh, I said, Amen. And Pilate, look at him. Bible says that, behold, the man. This is the man. Hallelujah. Not the gladiators. Not the soldiers. Not the people who, who run away from everything. I'm looking at a man. This man cannot be broken. He is unbroken. And tonight, I'm going to see a man here rise up. Amen. And be unbroken. Whatever has happened in our past, whatever has taken place, 
Whatever has caused us to lose our dreams, whatever has caused us to accept, accept the inferior, whatever has caused us to believe that, hey, maybe we are not capable, hey, tonight I'm here to let you know I present to you the man. Hey, I present to you the man. I present to you the man. After Hollywood has spoken, after everybody else, I'm talking about the faithful man. After you have heard of Shaquille O'Neal, you have heard of uh, whoever, you know, those are not our standard. Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. Oh, put your hands together and give a clap of the God. Oh, hallelujah. I bless the name of Almighty God. He's, turned, he's truly the man. Unbroken by betrayer. Today we will let it go. Hallelujah. We are going to be different people today. Amen. Let me tell you something. You cannot get to glory with unforgiveness. The only I'm, I'm, I'm sin that cannot be forgiven is unforgiveness. Because it says that forgive us our trespasses as we also forgive. It's a condition. So many of us are stuck because we have been wrong so much. You know, so many things that we cannot. If you remember, when Joseph had two children in Egypt, after all the slavery, after all the torture, after he was 17 years old. Can you imagine? You know, when he was sold by his own brethren, taken into slavery, beaten up. They, 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 they gave false witness that he was a rapist. He didn't commit any rape. You know, and um, afterwards, he was thrown into a dungeon. They kept him. That was a goodly man. When he came out, you know the first thing he should have done? He would have, she should have sought for Potiphar's wife. Oh, hello. Because this time she was in charge. The man said that, no, God brought me here for a purpose. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. hallelujah. And I thank God that I see my black brethren here. We are having um, 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 black history this man. You know, we are saying that, you know something, Christ is, is the one who brings everything together. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Actually, what had happened in the slave trade times, it was supposed to be introduction of Christianity. That was, you know, Christianity was what should have been introduced, but the heart of man um, is just generally wicked. And as a result of that, many things happened. But whatever the situation, Bible says the grace of God has found us again. Today, may there be harmony. And may there be reconciliation. Hallelujah. Oh, I said Hallelujah. I said I'm not going to be political correct. Am I making myself clear? You know, may there be that kind of thing that God will bind us together. In Christ, the middle walls of partition are broken. He is the prince of peace. He is the only one that can melt our hands together. And I believe in God that something should start in freedom ministries among the men. May you become an epitome of harmony. May you become an epitome of love. May you become an epitome of prosperity. May you become an epitome of heaven. Amen. You know, so that when they walk into freedom ministries, they recognize that from every culture and from every race and from everywhere else, one person has made a difference in our lives. His name is Jesus Christ. And tonight, we are saying that behold the man. Hallelujah. Oh, please, I say Hallelujah. I, I, I thank God so much for all the things that he is doing. I make a call tonight. I call all the men of Freedom Ministries to divine order today. Let's stand in our generation 
against injustice, prejudice, hate, peer pressure, envy, barbiting, destruction today. And believing God that prosperity will rise up in this place. On your land, there is prosperity. Nobody will come from anywhere and take your inheritance. You will experience your inheritance. Amen. Listen to me. You know, like I was telling uh, my brother here, I, was, uh, I came from heaven, but born in Ghana, in Africa. And came here, I mean, as a, um, um, a physician to do residency. Um, I call it my hobby. My real calling is God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus, I leave. I move. I have my being. Hallelujah. You know, so many people ask me, oh, so you are a professor. I said, no, that is, I practice it as a hobby. My, 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 my real calling. You know, because I don't desire things on earth. You know, things on earth, nobody, have you seen anybody, um, a hearse taking anybody to the, uh, to the cemetery with uh, you haul behind with all his properties? No. Job said, naked we came and naked we'll go. Solomon said, naked we came and naked we go. But the Christian, Bible said that blessed are the ones who die in the Lord. Their works will follow them. Did you read that in the book of Revelations? So it means that for the child of God, if you have works, we are the only people that after we have gone, you will hear on the day either Jesus Christ comes again or, or you pass to glory. The moment you get to heaven, you will hear all those who arrived today. Mr. Tim, you check carousel seven in heaven. Your works are following you. Your works are following you. So that whatever you did, you know, we are the ones who can carry everything that we did in Christ to the next level. Everybody else, naked they came and naked they will go. I don't like memorials. I don't seek it at all. I've come to a certain period in my life. I don't care, two hoots, about having this here, having that here. I don't, you know, because I think that it is so cold. Sometimes you have a plaque and sometimes a statue and you are watching a statue. Who is this person? It's, 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 I think it's too cold for me. I want to have a memorial in a place which is forever and ever and ever. Bible says that anyone who believes in me, I will give him a stone. You know, that my father's name is written on it. He said, I will make you a pillar in the temple of my father. Hallelujah. You know, when you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, that is heaven's hall of fame. Oh, hello. And it started mentioning their names. If there is something I want to achieve, I want to achieve my name in a place where, you know, when we all gather, you know, I'll let you know that's my name. Hallelujah. Not on this earth. Oh, hello. Not on this. After all, if you are God, the, the, the bragging rights is for the living. Abraham Lincoln, the bragging rights are for his descendants. I want to be in a place where I can look at it and say that, wow, this is what we did. When we were in Crosset, Arkansas, amen. The love of God, the harmony, the work that we did. Hey, the demonstration of the power of God. And Bible said that God will say that, welcome, you thou good and faithful servant, and your name will be there. Memorial, I call them memorial of glory. Memorial of glory. And it starts on this set, amen. Oh, I said, amen. May somebody here. Oh, may you have eternal perspectives. May you have eternal perspectives. Let nobody mention my name at all. And I came from, I came from Ghana since we came. You know, at a certain point, we said we'll live an inheritance for our children and our children's children. Within the first one year, and within the first about five years, seven years, 
We bought our first building, which is about 15-acre property in, in Chicago. I mean, and that is very expensive. We gave them, you know, the down payment. We took a loan. We gave them, we wrote a check. The first building that we, um, the first property we bought, it was about $750,000. They asked, how are you going to pay for it? I said, I will pay with cash. The people were saying that, no bank. I said, no, you know, because a group of men have come together that we shall live and inherit us. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I have always said, we can kick the can along the road. If people who came before me had built a little bit, we could have built upon it. But nobody did. Nobody did. I always tell my people that we also met the can. Instead of we kicking the can along the road in our generation, we'll pick it up. We'll pick it up. We'll bend down. It takes some strength and, and, and pick it up so that we can leave a foundation for the rest of the people who are coming. I'm a laborer by heart. By heart. I don't like, you know, so if I'm here, after the building has, after the foundation has been laid, my work is over. I don't find pleasure in uh, the superstructure. Some people are good. There are some people who find pleasure in this. Um, in the, in the, everybody, some other plants, another waters. God gives the increase. So we are all together. So I don't really mind. My duty is I'm a laborer. I'm a laborer in hearts. I dig foundations. I make my hands dirty. Oh, hello. Right now in Chicago, we have something called the Oasis Center. Sweat millions of dollars. We bought another property called Oasis Tabernacle. Worth so much. We bought another property called Oasis Chapel. Worth so much. When Brother Tim came, we had purchased another three-acre property. And we are putting up the building, which is costing, I'm going to cost millions of dollars. And we, are, we believe by the end of the year. We came here, I didn't have $10 in my pocket. Are you listening to me? Eh? You know, but the thing is that, you know, we should live an inheritance. And it starts with a lot of things. And it starts with a steely purpose. Hallelujah. It starts in what is, not what is in it for me. Uh, hello. When, 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 when I leave my church, the only thing I'm living with is my papers, the few papers that I've written. My name is not on it. I don't care about prosperity. I care about it in the sense that we shall be rich to be a blessing. But that kind of foolish stuff, which has been done all around, because I wear this and I do that, in the name of Jesus, I've been taken out. God wants to prosper us. But at the end of the day, he blesses us to be a blessing to other people. I don't care two hoots about your 22 or 53 bedroom house with 22 bathrooms. How many bathrooms can you use? Oh, hello. But I care. I care about individuals who know themselves. My esteem is not because of my car. It's not because of the suit I wear. It's not because my esteem. I'm, I'm just complete. I'm not superior. I'm not inferior. I'm just complete in Christ. I'm just complete in Christ. I cannot be moved. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I can't, hallelujah. People can impress me with their money. If I wanted to earn money, when I, as a doctor, I, I, I mean, I can tell you a lot of stuff. You know, at a certain point, I'm just complete. I'm just myself. I'm here on a divine agenda. And I believe that somebody is here on a divine agenda. And somebody here, the Lord will bless you. 
Um, am I making myself clear? You know, we shall do a work. The prosperity will come by. I'm so glad I'm here on the 27th. Today is the 27th, isn't it? Or 26? 27. I'm so glad I'm here. May the Lord bless you and enlarge you. I believe I came here at the right time. You know, we are having a program. Actually, we are having so many programs in Chicago. One of them is called the Men of Faith Network, you know, which I'm the director. I wasn't there. The other one is called Coming Home in a very large place, about um, uh, thousands of people. I wasn't there. I, I, I just perceived this is the time I needed to be here. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. And, 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 and I, I'm just glad with what God is doing. You know, I'm not among 10,000 people. I'm not in, and actually, because I wasn't there, they were even, um, what my role, I have to give a segment and preach a certain portion. They said that they were going to, um, um, to, to show it on video because they, they, they needed to hear my voice anyway. It doesn't really bother me much about whatever. My whole cry, Jesus, I live, I move, and I have my being. I'll call him Jesus forever, forever and ever and ever. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. The sweet rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. Hey, the rose, the bright and the morning star. You need, you need to have an encounter. You need to have a connection. And then you just realize that tears are welling down your eyes, not because you are emotional, but oh, the, the, the sweetness of his love. And something that is indescribable. The song of song, which is Solomon, like he said, he kisses us with the kisses of his mouth. His love is better than wine. And I believe that something is going to happen to the glory of Almighty God. Amen. Oh, are you getting blessed tonight? Are you getting blessed tonight? Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I call all the men of Freedom Ministry to divine order today. I believe that we shall be the man. May we all say the man. Amen. I honor and appreciate you all. We denounce the world and Hollywood's definition of a man. When Hollywood talks about a man, he's talking about a macho with nine packs. No, not even six packs. They are in the gym 16 hours a day. They are down in Budweiser faster than the speed of light. Womanizers, addicted to pornography, sperm donors and not fathers. Always waiting for the right job. They are not working every time. I'm waiting for the right job. The man, you decide that whatever I can get, that is my esteem. Until that, we don't wait for right jobs. I'm not making myself clear. When you come home and you realize that, wow, your, your wife is dead, your, 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 um, your, your children are dead. Somewhere, somehow, you go out. If you are going to dig with your hands, you know, it is our esteem. You know, we come back, you know, not waiting for, oh, I'm waiting for a right job. No, 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 no. There is something about a man. You just walk out, you come back, you look at your wife, you look at your children, you go back, you're saying, that, what can I do? Anything so that I can care for my family. Hallelujah. I'm the provider. I'm the protector. I'm the, I'm the faithful, a faithful man. As a messenger of God, I call all men and fathers to God's divine order today. We are proud of our gender. And we pledge allegiance to the Lamb and to the King of Kings. Amen. Oh, I said amen. I'll be bringing it an end to. You know, let me give you some few truths. And then we shall be praying. Men are not, are, are not are, 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 we are not born a man. Males or boys are born with a purpose. We don't have anything to do with it. You know, you are born with an XY chromosome. 
That doesn't make us. So boys are born. Men are made. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody that you go out there, if you are born with an XY chromosome, you are, you, you are a male. You are not a man. Oh, hallelujah. You, know, you are a boy. The Bible says unto us a child is born. Unto us sons and men are given. You are battle tested. Like Jesus Christ. You come in, Pilate is saying, behold. Wow. Behold the man. When I can't even take decision, this man, despite the torture, despite the blood, bloody mess, when you look at him, he said, wow. Behold the man. You were born a male. Men are made and kings are crowned. And I will read one more scripture. And when the king is crowned, no one can defy him. Tonight, I charge you all. You were born with an assigned gender. And now the main gender. But inside the main gender, that extra Y chromosome, there was a purpose that Almighty God placed in that. From the garden, the command was to take charge and work hard. The man, Bible says, the garden wasn't a, um, 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 a 17 by 17 foot garden. This was a huge land. It was watered by four rivers. River Euphrates. I'm talking about not your little sprinkler, you know, with a hose. This was a huge land. And Bible says that God put the man there and said that you would till the ground. Hallelujah. So this is not some little bit of, oh, I did some little bit of hope. This was some. So work was not put into regiment of man after the fall. Before man fell, God told the man, the man, work is built into our regiment. Hallelujah. You know, when I was growing up, um, I, I, I didn't like Adam and Eve at all. Because I thought Adam and Eve were the reasons why we are working. So I wanted to always lie down beside the swimming pool and drink some chocolate and some, um, 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 get some ice cream all the time. So I, I always said, that Adam and Eve, why did you sin so that we are working? Not knowing that it wasn't Adam and Eve, because of Adam and Eve that work came. The work came after man was put into the garden. But at that time, Bible said that there had been no rain from heaven because there was no man to till the ground. God was still waiting for a man in order to pour out the rain. And tonight, I make a declaration. That God is waiting for a man here. Up to this time, it looks like no rain is falling. It looks like nothing is coming from the ground. It looks like we are not having any germination because God is waiting for a man. A man to till the ground. And Bible said that when the man was put there, God blessed him. And God said that you will be fruitful on the land. When man sinned, it wasn't work that was given to man. It was the ground that was cursed. So now man will work and sweat, you know, and, 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 and eke out a living from the land. It wasn't because the land will be cursed. It wasn't because of work. So as the man, we were the ones who were put into the garden the first time. We were the ones who were asked, the women were given us help meat to help us. Definitely without the help, men need help because without the help, we cannot accomplish everything else. You know, but we were the ones who were put into the garden. So, as anybody who is listening to the sound of my voice, your ex-wife chromosome, the male gender, is not the end of it all. You were born with it. You had done nothing. But I believe inside that Y that chromosome, you know, that gave us the fiscal 
identification that we have was a great command of Almighty God and a charge. Amen. For this reason, a man, not boss, will leave father and mother and cleave unto their wives, and they shall become one flesh. Inscribed in your DNA is that mandate to provide, the mandate to protect, the mandate to guide, and to direct. Do you know Bible says that Father's Bible says that blessed is the man. Children are gifts from God, heritage of the Lord. Bible said they are arrows in the hands of a mighty man. And blessed is the man who has his quiver full of them. You cannot be an archer. To be an archer, you need strength. Hello. You need visual acuity. To hit the bull's eye, you should, you should, you cannot be an archer and then look at the Olympic Games and then you are, you are missing all the time. You know, Bible said our children are like arrows in our hands. Meaning that they have a target. They should hit, you should be the person who should direct. No arrow self fires. You don't have an arrow. All of a sudden, the arrow just jumps and fires. It takes a man. It takes a man. Behold the man. Behold the man. Behold the man. It takes a man to be able to take that arrow. Look at the bull's eye with strength and with visual acuity. Be able to direct the arrow and hit the bull's eye. Bible said that your children, the father's here. May the Lord bless you. And from tonight, may we recognize that they won't set fire. We can't leave this thing to the women. We are the men who are supposed to. Bible says that they are like arrows in the hands of a mighty man. And let's be able to look at the bush eye and hit the bush eye. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that all our children will hit the bush eye. Amen. Oh, I said amen. They are like arrows in our hands. Every child that God has given to us, that God's heritage. I pray tonight, you know, that God will give us that grace and God will give us that power and God will cause us at the end of the day to like great archers, not leaving this work for teachers, not leaving this work for only our wives, not leaving this work for anybody else. We're going to be part of it because a great man must be able to take that arrow and let that arrow hit the bull's eye in the name of Almighty God. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. Boys are born. But inside that DNA is that strength and that vision. Tonight, may we have a vision. May our eyes open. May we see the invisible. I'm praying for the prosperity of Crossets. I know many of you have prayed. I'm just joining you all. God will bless us on our land. He will bless us here. He will bless us in Hamburg. Amen. And you'll bless us in Monticello. Oh, hallelujah. He will bless us in Ashley County. Hallelujah. Oh, I said, hallelujah. I, I feel like maybe at this time, let's rise up on our feet. Let's just start praying a little bit of prayer, you know, and then I will just finish it up. We glorify your name. We exalt your name. We magnify your name. Oh, we give you glory and we give you praise, mighty God. Everything that you have accomplished tonight. Mighty God, it is just the beginning. Mighty God. Yes, Noah. Mighty God waited for so long until the day when Bible says that the fountains of the deep were broken and the windows of heaven, mighty God, were opened and there was a deluge in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I make a declaration 
that with what you will do in the lives of these men, mighty God, the land shall be called Beulah, that is a delightsome land, and it shall be married, and the land shall be called Hepzibah. Lord, we know, geography tells us that there are rains that are made up of droplets of hydrogen and oxygen. So we see rain come upon our land. Mighty God, compounds of hydrogen and compounds of oxygen. But in your word, you also declared that there is another kind of rain. They are called showers. And showers of blessing. Showers of blessing. Mighty God, showers of blessing we receive. Showers of blessing we receive upon every man here. And showers of blessing we receive. Mighty God for our ministry, freedom ministries, in the name of Jesus Christ. Showers of blessing we receive, mighty God, for crusade, mighty God. And showers of blessing we receive for our land. We bless your holy name, mighty God, for you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think of ourselves according to the power that works effectually in us. We bless your holy name, mighty God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we give you glory. We exalt your holy name. For the zeal of the Lord shall perform this. For the goodness of God shall perform this. For the Lord will accomplish this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the mighty God, they will no more say that these are just males. They will say that behold the man. And your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name. And every saint of God will say a big amen. Oh, I said amen. Oh, I said amen. And on my last scripture to you is that after Herod has said, Behold the man, the next thing that he said is that, Behold the king. That was the next thing that. So, in the same John, Jesus Christ came back and he said, Behold the king. So, today is M2K. That is the title of my message. From men to kings. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. From men to kings. Hallelujah. Because that same voice that said that behold the man. The next thing that he said is that behold the king. You know, so we are moving from here. You know, not only becoming men. Parting after the order of Jesus Christ. The people we are supposed to be. There will be a revival. And there will be a restoration. And in a year's time, in a few years' time, nobody can change it. Pilate said, what I've written, I've written. Hallelujah. He said, what I've written, I've written. Behold the king. And nobody can change that. In a year's time, in two years' time, I'm, I'm, when, I'm, when I can't, when, maybe I'll be, we'll, be, we'll be seeing each other many times. But in about a year's time, two years' time, we are saying that not behold the man, but behold the man who has become the king. Put your hands together and give a clap for me. God bless.